Greetings and welcome to the Tenable First Quarter Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A brief question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. It is now my pleasure to introduce your host, Aaron Carney. Thank you, Aaron. You may begin. Thank you, Operator, and thank you all for joining us on today's conference call to discuss Tenable's first quarter 2021 financial results. With me on the call today are Amit Uran, Tenable's Chief Executive Officer, and Steve Vince, Chief Financial Officer. Prior to this call, we issued a press release announcing our financial results for the quarter. You can find the press release on the IR website at Tenable.com. Before we begin, let me remind you that we will make forward-looking statements during the course of this call, including statements relating to Tenable's guidance and expectations for the second quarter and full year 2021, growth and drivers in Tenable's business, changes in the threat landscape in the security industry and our competitive position in the market, growth in our customer demand for and adoption of our solutions, the potential benefits of the acquisition of Alsid, planned innovation and new products and services, Tenable's expectations regarding long-term profitability and the impact of COVID-19 on our business and on the global economy. These forward-looking statements involve risks and uncertainties, some of which are beyond our control, which could cause actual results to differ materially from those anticipated by these statements. You should not rely upon forward-looking statements as a prediction of future events. Forward-looking statements represent our management's beliefs and assumptions only as of today and should not be considered representative of our views as of any subsequent date. We disclaim any obligation to update any forward-looking statements or outlook. For further discussion of the material risks and other important factors that could affect our actual results, please refer to those contained in our most recent annual report on Form 10-K and subsequent reports that we file with the SEC, which are available on the SEC website at sec.gov. In addition, during today's call, we will discuss non-GAAP financial measures. These non-GAAP financial measures are in addition to, and not a substitute for or superior to, measures of financial performance prepared in accordance with GAAP. There are a number of limitations related to the use of these non-GAAP financial measures versus their closest to GAAP equivalents. Our earnings release that we issue today includes GAAP to non-GAAP reconciliations for these measures and is also available on the Investor Relations section of our website. Before I turn the call over to Amit, I want to quickly bring to your attention the Corporate Social Responsibility Report we recently published to support our environmental, social, and governance initiatives. The report can be found on our Investor Relations website with the direction of our Board of Directors, Executive Leadership, and other relevant parties, we pulled internal and external sources to do a deep dive into our ESG practices. We are very excited about the results and encourage you to take a look at the published report. I'll now turn the call over to Amit. Thank you, Erin, and thank you all for joining us today. First, I want to say that we're very pleased to announce the closing of our acquisition of Alcid and welcome the Alcid team to Tenable. We'll talk more about Alcid after a quick review of the quarter. Today I'll highlight our strong Q1 results, the rising importance of cyber exposure and our holistic approach to our portfolio, 
including Tenable EP and our new Active Directory solution, Tenable AD, and new partnerships we've added that we think further validate our market leadership and strengthen our ability to assist customers with rapid remediation. With that, let me first touch on our Q1 results. We are off to a great start for the year, as reflected in our compelling Q1 results. Our calculated current billings and revenue each grew 20% year over year, driven in part by recent cyber incidents, the acceleration of ships to the cloud, and growing cross-sell opportunities. We also had strong free cash flow in the quarter, saw an expansion of our non-GAAP operating margin, and had an eight-penny beat in EPS. Steve will discuss the quarter in greater detail, but we feel these results put us on a solid footing to have a very successful year and are a reflection of the growing demand for our solutions and our attractive business model. Recent high-profile breaches have highlighted the need for comprehensive vulnerability management and an understanding of where exposure exists to enable attack disruption and facilitate informed incident response. VM and cyber exposure play a central role in providing broad visibility into the attack surface. What Tenable offers the continuous dynamic monitoring of assets and user permissions, along with the means to prioritize remediation based on risk, is more important than ever. Key highlights from the quarter are continued traction in cloud and cross-sell, including contribution from Tenable IO and the launch of Tenable EP. Tenable EP is a new go-to-market motion across our platform of products that includes Tenable IO, Lumen, Web App Security, and container security. In addition, with the closing of Alcid, we have simultaneously launched Tenable AD, a solution designed to audit and monitor Active Directory security and disrupt identity as an attack path in both advanced persistent threats and common hacks. Our customers recognize that as the attack surface continues to expand, a holistic approach to cyber exposure is the most effective way to measure, prioritize, and manage risk. I'd like now to talk about Tenable EP. Given the momentum of our solutions, we're looking for new ways to deliver more leverage to our customers and make it easier for them to benefit from the full suite of our capabilities. In Q1, we announced Tenable EP, enabling customers to use more of Tenable's capabilities in combination as a unified platform. EP enables our customers to effectively assess the modern attack surface by combining VM, web app, container, and Lumen in a unified platform and allows customers to dynamically allocate licenses across all asset types according to their needs and modify as their environment changes. This gives customers flexibility to take a holistic rather than piecemeal approach to assessing exposure and then prioritize the results through Lumen to obtain recommended actions based on risk. Tenable EP was made available for sale in late February, and I'm very happy to say that we're seeing really good adoption and interest from our customers. A great example of this is a competitive takeaway with a global customer. This customer had been actively seeking a combination of Tenable I.O., container, and web app security to improve visibility. In addition, we were able to show the value of Lumen, which became the key differentiator from a technology perspective. EP provided the unified platform they needed for both the short and long term. The result was a six-figure 
Sustainable EP wins. We are enthusiastic about the meaningful early wins and the growing pipeline we are seeing with EP. In addition to momentum in Tenable I.O. and expansions for frictionless assessment, we expect Tenable EP to advance our role in securing our customers' cloud deployments. Now, onto a very exciting acquisition of ALSID. We are thrilled to announce the closing of ALSID and simultaneously launch Tenable AD, our new Active Directory security solution. This solution is designed to secure Active Directory environments and disrupt adversary attack paths. AD environments are incredibly complex and are a top concern for many of the CISOs we speak with. Tenable AD provides insights into the weaknesses in Active Directory deployments and identifies misconfigurations that can be used to elevate permissions and create persistent access. AD is the basis for managing user permissions across on-prem and hybrid cloud deployments. It is foundational to the security of cloud workloads, security of remote work, and adopting zero-trust architectures. We are excited to expand our cyber exposure solution and advance our cross-sell opportunities to include this capability. In summary, we see strong momentum and expanding use cases for our broader platform of products. Recent events, such as the security breaches in water facilities in Florida and Kansas, highlight the need for proper cyber risk management, especially in the operational technology sector. This has been further emphasized by the recent presidential executive order on understanding vulnerabilities and securing bulk power systems. As part of the critical infrastructure supporting the global pandemic, a large multinational medical device manufacturer required visibility into their production assets to better understand and manage their risk. Partnering with a global advisory, Tenable offered a unique differentiator across both IT and OT. We remain excited about the opportunity to help enterprises understand and manage their OT risk. Across our portfolio of products, our platform enables customers to take a holistic, continuous approach to managing risk. Our offerings deliver differentiated solutions designed to answer the fundamental questions of how exposed am I, how at risk am I, and what should I do about it. Now at Tenable, we talk a lot about the importance of being best of breed. This approach and differentiated capabilities help us forge stronger partnerships and an expansive ecosystem. We had two particularly exciting partnerships solidified during the first quarter. We're excited about our new partnership with IBM, where we're a preferred partner for fully integrated vulnerability insights native within IBM's SIM. IBM chose Tenable as the preferred partner due to our technology leadership, including covering more vulnerabilities and providing both on-prem and cloud-based offerings, ease of transition, and our market leadership. We also announced our new partnership with HCL Big Fix, a leading endpoint management platform, making it easier for our customers to automate remediation using the infrastructure platforms they've already selected. In summary, we're off to a great start for the year, and we're excited about our outlook. Our portfolio creates a compelling way to measure and manage risk. We believe foundational drivers like digital transformation, the shift to cloud, and zero trust will continue to fuel long-term success in our business. I will now turn the call over to Steve.
Thanks, Amit. As Amit mentioned earlier, we're very pleased with our results for the first quarter, highlighted by attractive top-line growth, a sizable beat in non-GAAP EPS, and exceptional free cash flow, which is a testament to the inherent operating leverage in our recurring revenue model. I'll discuss our results for the quarter momentarily, but first, please note that all financial results we will discuss today are on a non-GAAP financial measure basis, with the exception of revenue. As Aaron mentioned at the start of this call, GAAP to non-GAAP reconciliations may be found in our earnings release issued earlier today, which is posted on our website. Now on to our results. Revenue for the quarter was $123.2 million, which represents 20% year-over-year growth. Revenue in the quarter exceeded the midpoint of our guided range by approximately $4 million. Our percentage of recurring revenue remains high at 94%, which is primarily a result of our annual prepaid subscription model. Revenue in the quarter was aided by strong demand for both new and renewal business. In terms of new business, we had a 331 new enterprise platform customers, which is up from the 319 we added in Q1 of last year. Of particular note, this is the first quarter since the start of the pandemic in which new enterprise platform ads are up on a year-over-year basis. In terms of large deals, we added 29 net new six-figure customers in the quarter, which is also up year-over-year. This brings the total number of customers spending in excess of $100,000 annually to 866, a 30% increase year-over-year. This demand is also reflected in our calculated current billings. CCB defined as the change in deferred revenue plus revenue recognized in the quarter grew 20% year-over-year to $119.5 million. As Amit highlighted earlier, we attribute the strength in the top line to the growing importance of cyber exposure, further accentuated by recent SolarWinds and Microsoft attacks. Cyber exposure is also a key component of digital transformation, which continues to be a top priority for many organizations. While some of our customers took a measured pace of investment last year as a result of the pandemic, we are starting to see early indications of a stronger spending environment attributed to pent-up demand. Some early indications of this demand surfaced in Q1 in our middle market business, where sales cycles tend to be much shorter compared to those in the large enterprise market. The good news here is that enterprise performance was strong in the first quarter and has healthy pipeline and activity levels that could potentially further benefit from this trend. It's also worth noting that we're seeing an accelerated adoption of Tenable I.O. and associated add-on modules that is positively impacting our cross-sell efforts, which will be further aided by the launch of Tenable EP, which commands a notably higher selling price versus our core VM offering. It has also positively impacted our net dollar renewal rate. I'll now turn to operating expenses, which include incremental investments offset in part by continued efficiencies in our business. I'll start with gross margin, which was 83% this quarter and 84% last quarter. Our gross margin continues to be very healthy and reflects increased investment in our public cloud infrastructure to support a broader set of predictive analytics and a more expansive data lake. As a reminder, we plan to continue to make incremental cloud investments throughout the year including all said related costs. As such, we expect our gross margin for the full year 2021 to moderate by approximately 100 basis points, reflecting higher cloud adoption. Sales and marketing expense for the quarter was 52.3 million, which is up from 50.8 million last quarter. Sales and marketing increased sequentially, primarily due to incremental investment in demand generation activities and sales headcount related costs, 
including an increased number of quota-carrying sales reps. This quarter represents the second consecutive quarter of increased sales and marketing investment, which we attribute to the increasing confidence in our business and a broader base of demand with the pandemic starting to abate. Despite the higher levels of investment, sales and marketing expense as a percentage of revenue was approximately 42% or 50 basis points better than last quarter. R&D expense for the quarter was $22.7 million, which is up from $20.4 million last quarter. As a percent of revenue, R&D expense was 18% compared to 17% last quarter. Given our best-of-breed approach, innovation remains a top priority, and we plan to continue to invest throughout the year. G&A expense was $13.7 million compared to $12.5 million last quarter. As a percent of revenue, G&A expense was 11% this quarter, which is flat compared to last quarter. Income from operations was $13.9 million in Q1 compared to $15.4 million last quarter. Operating margin was positive 11% for Q1 compared to positive 13% last quarter. I'd also like to provide some commentary regarding the tax provision. As a reminder, our Q1 outlook provided in February assumed a non-GAAP tax provision of $1.5 million. However, discrete benefits recognized in the quarter in foreign jurisdictions that were previously not contemplated actually swung us to a non-GAAP tax benefit of approximately $1 million. Now, all of this resulted in significant EPS upside for the first quarter as our non-GAAP earnings per share was $0.13, which was $0.08 better than the midpoint of our guided range. The beat was a combination of better-than-expected top-of-line results, good cost management despite the incremental investments in our business, and the discrete tax items I just mentioned. Now, let's turn to the balance sheet. We finished the quarter with $340 million in cash and cash equivalents and short-term investments an increase of approximately $48 million compared to last quarter. Total deferred revenue at March 31, 2021 was approximately $429 million, giving us a lot of visibility into revenue headed into Q2 and the remainder of the year. Turning to cash flow, we generated $37.6 million of positive free cash flow in the quarter, which compared quite favorably to free cash flow of $3.9 million in Q1 last year. Over the last 12 months, we've generated approximately $78 million of positive free cash flow. With high recurring revenue, high gross margins, and high renewal rates, we feel confident that we can continue to generate attractive levels of free cash flow while continuing to invest in the business. That said, Q1 does tend to have higher collections given the seasonally strong bookings in Q4. So free cash flow is expected to moderate in Q2. Plus, we will have the acquisition-related costs, and the incremental OPEX associated with Allset. This is all expected to result in modestly positive free cash flow in Q2 with higher levels in the second half of the year. With the results of the quarter behind us, I'd like to discuss our outlook for the second quarter and full year 2021. While our assumption is that the health crisis will continue to create some uncertainty, our strong start to the year gives us greater confidence in the business environment now versus last quarter. I'd also like to provide some commentary on Allset, which closed yesterday. When we announced the acquisition in February, we indicated that Allset would add one point of incremental CCB and revenue growth and 15 to 20 million of incremental OPEX for the remainder of the year. Our outlook for Allset today has not changed. In Q2, Allset is expected to have minimal CCB and revenue impact given sales cycles and the write down of the acquired deferred revenue 
while operating expenses will include two months of activity. With that said, I will review the outlook for Q2 and the full year 2021. With the second quarter, we currently expect revenue to be in the range of 124 to 126 million. Non-GAAP income from operations to be in the range of seven to eight million. Non-GAAP net income to be in the range of five to six million, assuming a provision for income taxes of 1.5 million. Non-GAAP diluted earnings per share to be in the range of four cents to five cents, assuming 114.5 million fully diluted weighted average shares outstanding. And for the full year, we currently expect calculated current billings to be in the range of 575 to 585 million, revenue to be in the range of 520 to 524 million, non-GAAP income from operations to be in the range of 34 to 38 million, and non-GAAP net income to be in the range of 28 to 32 million, assuming a provision for income taxes of 3.5 million. Non-GAAP diluted earnings per share to be in the range of 24 cents to 28 cents, assuming 115.5 million fully diluted weighted average shares outstanding. As a matter of clarity, the guidance we are providing today reflects not only the expected contribution from Allset, but also our Q1B and a million dollar improvement in revenue and a two penny raise in EPS for tenable on a standalone basis. In summary, we're pleased with the results of the quarter, which gives us increasing confidence that we remain well positioned to deliver compelling growth and profitability over the long term. And now I'll turn the call back to Amit for some closing comments. Thanks, Steve. As I stated earlier in the call, recent security events and digital transformation have raised the profile of cyber exposure. These events prove that we can't rely on strong perimeter defenses and have highlighted the need for assessing risk across the entire enterprise. Our message has been very consistent. For Tenable, our core strength in understanding cyber risk has driven our success. It's aided in our natural expansion across the surface of attack into improving the security posture for cloud and OT deployments. Our strengthening platform of capabilities positions us for long-term success as our customers shift from hybrid and cloud environments. We hope to see many of you virtually at the J.P. Morgan, Needham, and William Blair conferences in the coming weeks. We now would like to open the call up for questions. Thank you. We will now be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate that a line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star key. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Thank you. Our first question comes from Brian Essex with Goldman Sachs. Please proceed with your question. Hi. Good afternoon, and thank you for taking the question, and, uh, and, and you know, congrats on a, some nice results. Um, Amit, I was wondering if maybe you could start with a little bit of color. Um, I think Steve pointed to, uh, in his prepared remarks, strong momentum uh, and expanding use cases and some pent-up demand. Um, you know, where exactly are you seeing that? And maybe the outlook as, um, you know, particularly with regard to change in uh, velocity of the sales cycle um, and, and how things might change given a return to office of, you know, some of your enterprise customers. 
Thanks, Brian. Uh, we're seeing demand, I'd say, primarily as a result of digital transformation, right? So, so we've seen earlier in the pandemic the whole shift to work from home. We've seen acceleration of, of uh, uh, cloud adoption and the recognition that this is the new operating uh, environment. And, and, and so as part of that, security teams now trying to get up to speed, trying to get their arms around what the risk associated with operating in these environments uh, look like. So I, I, that's resulted in, you know, I think that and uh, just the, the broader increased uh, healthier spend environment result in, in some of the acceleration that we're seeing and believe that uh, uh, it also accounts for the strong, you know, the last couple of quarters, this, the, the increasing strength of some of the cross-sell that, that we're seeing across product lines where it's not just the traditional VM uh, or even risk-based VM, they're really embracing uh, leveraging our technology set to really understand exposure and risk. Got it. Can, maybe can you point to the, the sales cycles, how they might be changing? And it looks like, you know, sales and marketing was quite a bit more efficient than we had anticipated in the quarter. Um, you know, where did that greater efficiency come from? I, I guess in spite of perhaps, um, you know, incremental sales head ads. Hey, Brian, this is Steve. Um, you know, a, a couple of things I mentioned there. First and foremost, we're delighted with the results in the first quarter. We grew CCB by 20%, as well as revenue and delivered sizable beats and EPS, and had record levels of free cash flow. You know, in terms of the demand, we, we did see, as Amy commented earlier, strength uh, across mm -hmm. the board, both domestically and abroad, um, in the large market as well as the mid-market, where we called out that that was an area about performance. You know, we, we previously disclosed that the mid-market represents about 25% of our total sales, and as a reminder, we have a very compelling go-to-market model where we have a product in Nessus that has broad adoption and use across the mid-market right. as well as large, and the ubiquitous nature of Nessus has created a cost-effective on-ramp for us. In Q1, we saw some really good pull-through in the mid-market from the flywheel effect of Nessus. Channel and MSP also played a role and contributed. Um, sales cycles are you know, more modest in the mid-market versus that in the large. And so some of the things that we're seeing here out of the gate in Q1 have uh, bode well, not only for the mid-market, but we also think it's encouraging potentially for, uh, for, for other larger deals down the road. So please look at performance not only in the mid, but also large in Q1. And there's some really early signs uh, that, you know, demand will uh, potentially remain healthy throughout the year which has given us the confidence to, to, to raise our outlook for both CCB and, and, and revenue for the full year today. All right. Helpful color. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Sterling Audi with J.P. Morgan. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, thanks. Hi, guys. Um, so it's very clear that the tone has changed dramatically since last quarter, and you've highlighted a number of factors to it, in, including your answers to, to Brian. But maybe can you just kind of rank order what you think the, the biggest differences are from what we were talking about just a, a quarter ago in terms of the pent-up demand and all the other reasons? Just what are having the biggest influences in the change? Hey, Sterling, great, great to hear from you. I, I would just uh, uh, characterize it slightly differently and say, you know, we definitely had a, a, uh, uh, a fairly bullish tone 
even you know going into the year saying, hey, you know, there's a lot of potential here. We have a lot of indicators that, that it could be a very strong year, um, but we're still in the in the you know midst of a global pandemic with lots of uncertainty, uh, political climate, and 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 a lot of selling off in the year. And so uh, we're very pleased that the you know quarter. Uh, uh, played out as, as it did. Uh, we did see, you know, continued strength building throughout the quarter, uh, driven primarily by, I don't call it digital transformation, but really customers operating in this new environment where they've got a more complex set of technologies to deal with, where they recognize that they've got to not only embrace VM to, to have the agility to, to respond to high-profile incidents, but also start getting their arms around uh, 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 the, the, the cloud-based infrastructure, the web applications, uh, the, the, the DevOps environments, and, and ultimately, uh, you know, that over the last couple of quarters has started accounting for what, what, what we're seeing in, in terms of uh, stronger uh, stronger costs of, of new products, and, and ultimately, we believe will will continue to accelerate with the foundations that we're that we're laying with uh, with Tenable EP. That makes sense. And then one quick follow-up. You mentioned that EP, the pricing, and has potential for larger deals. Any sense, even with some of the couple of early wins that you had, how much different should we think about the average deal size and revenue run rate from customers on EP versus your traditional deals? Yeah, sir. So, uh, go ahead, Steve. I just comment that um, – and you can provide further context, but just in terms of the pricing, there's a notable uplift with EP. It's very much an enterprise solution, and so ET is priced at a premium relative to Core VM, as well as Core VM plus Lumen, and it includes uh, a broader set of capabilities to address uh, you know risk holistically across the enterprise. It includes VM, Lumen, Container, and WAS, and you know, out of the gate, um, you know, uh, we're very pleased with our progress. Uh, activity levels and interest remain very high, and we think this is certainly going to be helpful in our efforts to sell our very broad product suite into the enterprise you know, in, in a more effective way. Great. Thank and you. Yeah, 60% uplift relative to what we see with Core VM to answer your question. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Hamza Fadarwala with Morgan Stanley. Please proceed with your question. Here you go. Uh, first question uh, for you. You mentioned some pretty strong momentum with Tenable I.O. I was wondering if you could give some color on some of the early momentum with uh, the frictionless assessment since you uh, announced uh, that uh, for AWS. How, how has that been sort of trending? And, you know, what do you see as some of the, you know, perhaps the, white space sort of opportunity here versus some of the traditional VM spend that you've uh, seen in the past? Yeah, I, I think we're very encouraged by what I would characterize as, you know, uh, early wins and, and strong interest. Uh, frictionless really plays well as a complement to how people think about securing their cloud workloads. So in, in many cloud environments, you have, you know, very ephemeral assets. You have things that may last you know, hours, days, weeks, uh, but you don't manage those types of, of systems the same way uh, as you do, 
you know, your 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 long term your long term uh, you know, pieces of infrastructure. So, uh, in a lot of these environments, it doesn't make sense to deploy agents, and and this kind of frictionless approach is really the best way to get a much deeper understanding of, of what you've got and, and the level of exposure. So we think it fits really hand in glove with what we're doing with respect to uh, the the container security product, the web app scanning, uh, and the the sort of cloud native native con- uh, connectors. So uh, in some parts of the environment, it makes sense to, to deploy agents. In other parts, frictionless is providing a a very quick zero touch way to to understand exposure and risk. And so we've had a number of uh, early wins and. Uh, momentum continues to build, and with that product, and we're up. We're you know we're quite enthusiastic about where it could go over time. Yeah, and just a b- brief follow up on that. Um, you know, for Steve, you know, I, I, I guess as you guys sort of uh, you know focus on an expanding number of assets within your existing enterprise base, I'm wondering what have the dollar retention rates been looking like in Q1 relative to, um, you know, what you've seen in the past, I think it's sort of been 110% plus, any any sort of change there? Yeah, cross-sell was strong in the quarter and drove our net dollar with no rate higher. Um, something that I commented on earlier. Uh, you know, this comes on the heels of a very strong cross-sell effort in Q4. And, you know, Lumen and, and OT and, and, and a lot of our products are, are really a big part of the story here. Um, and we're not only selling those on a standalone basis, but we're also uh, as part of our core VM offering, but also part of the, the broader uh, exposure platform that we discussed earlier. Um, so out of the gate, we're you know we're, we're pleased with the levels of cross sell. Uh, cross sell not it comes to us not only in the way of product, but also greater asset coverage. And we did talk about performance, you know, in the mid market, and we talked about the flywheel effect of Nessus, and you know a lot of that was not only an upsell from Nessus into the enterprise platform. But also our, our efforts in the mid market were also aided by, by broader asset coverage. So, so both appear to be uh, uh, moving in the right direction for us uh, out of the gate in Q1, and we're off to a good start. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Daniel Ives with Wedbush Securities. Please proceed with your question. Oh yeah, thanks. So. Can, can you just walk through your view on the federal side, you know, especially given everything we've seen there in your exposure? I mean, what, what what are you seeing from a pipeline perspective and just view of deals going in to the next few quarters? Yeah, th- thanks, Dan. Uh, as, as you know, we have an exceptionally strong position in the federal market. The federal market has always been a, a very healthy part of our business. Um, and we see – you know, very positive signs with respect to the overall uh, federal approach to cyber. We've seen uh, a presidential executive order recently that called out uh, assessing vulnerabilities and, and securing bulk power, uh, and we've seen an increase in funding for not only IT modernization, uh, and which which obviously you know Tumble can play a role in, but also funding specifically for CISA where the CDM program and Tenable is a significant participant, a significant component of the CDM program, uh, you know, fund, funding there. So, you know, we're encouraged by what we see 
nothing, <laughs> nothing in the federal space moves uh, extremely fast, uh, but we have a strong install base. We have you know, strategic uh, relationships where we're providing a vital function and believe that there will continue to be you know, strong opportunities for us to, uh, to, to grow in the, in the federal space in, in the coming periods. Great. And then, so just when you talk about Lumen, you know, obviously, I think we've seen the last few quarters, it's just become more and more of a driver. It, 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 does that change even who you're selling into within organizations? Like, is that is it that much of a door opener now that is really starting to hit its stride? Yeah, a absolutely. Whereas, you know, if you rewind a couple of years, you know, back, it was largely, you know, tenable delivering a superior v vulnerability management experience. So better coverage, better accuracy, uh, uh, better outcomes for customers. And, and we embarked on this, hey, it's not just providing better data, it's doing better analytics. So working with uh, prioritizing vulnerabilities and then, and then ultimately, and, and we embedded that into the core products, so that customers would start understanding that Tenable can be a strategic uh, partner in their in their programs, uh, not just delivering you know insightful uh, tactical information. With Lumen, we've really up leveled the conversation to be able to start talking with enterprises about not just exposure but about risk, uh, about how their hygiene compares to peer group, about uh, how mature their program looks relative to their peer group, and, and all the things that start getting at questions of, you know, standards of care and negligence. And ultimately, those are CISO, but those are also uh, Audit and Risk Committee, CEO, uh, risk officer types of questions. And so it's really enabled us to have much more strategic conversations with our customers, and, and we think also a sort of natural Prepositioning to what we're starting to do now with with EP, which is which is really expand this this you know the visibility into those types of insights beyond just traditional infrastructure and really uh, across a, a much larger swath of, of their attack surface. Awesome, thanks. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jonathan Ho with William Blair. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good afternoon, and congrats on the strong quarter. I just wanted to start out um, with some of your comments around recent breaches, and you know, how is this maybe translating into either uh, deal activity or pipeline? <laughs> I, I, sorry, 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 I just said. This is Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, look, it's we are very encouraged with what we're seeing um, out of the gate. It's early. We're seeing some clear indications that some of our customers are leaning into digital transformation this year with greater focus and investment. We do believe this has been further accentuated by high-profile, sophisticated attacks in a more complex threat environment. Um, so. Uh, and we're all, there's also some early signs that, you know, there's some pent-up demand for certain, uh, for, for, for certain segments of our customers. So, for example, last year when the pandemic first surfaced, 
there were investments in digital transformation, but perhaps first on connectivity and uh, collaboration and all the essential things to communicate and work from home. You know, there, as, as the pandemic has played out and started to abate, we're seeing a lot of our customers, uh, you know, uh, bring a renewed focus into digital transformation and resuming some of those activities that perhaps were put on hold or perhaps were um, temporarily paused. So, again, it's one quarter out of the gate. There's some encouraging signs here, um, and we think that demand dynamics in, in Q1 are healthy and it sends us up potentially for a, a good you know, a good 2021. Got it. And then, you know, just relative to the Tenable AD product, can you talk about how this maybe fits uh, within the portfolio? And you know, does Tenable AD also help you to sell your existing products as well? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so Tenable AD definitely fits into kind of the, the, the existing vision, right? If, if you go back and rewind, uh, you know, the, the, the message and, and what we're trying to deliver to our customers is helping them understand what their attack surface looks like and where and how that attack surface is exposed, but ultimately for the purpose of helping them identify their, their level of risk and which actions they can take to most efficiently reduce risk. As you look at the attack surface, Active Directory has become, you know, one of the primary targets for adversaries, whether they're sophisticated attackers or, you know, foreign intelligence services, as, as we've seen recently, or uh, or, or something, uh, you know, much lower scale. And, and ultimately, that's because once you gain access, you want to, uh, you know, escalate your privilege level. You want to get uh, move, to be able to move laterally within the organization, you want to be able to establish persistence. And so Active Directory, which is extremely difficult to, to secure well in the enterprise, has become a go-to target for, for adversaries. So being able to assess, to audit in, ex, in, in, uh, in, in an incredibly detailed way a sophisticated Active Directory deployment to help identify where the exposures are, how they can be tightened down, is absolutely critical, and also to be able to provide ongoing monitoring um, as new high-risk activities are identified, things that might be indicators of, of an attack, the, the creation of privileged accounts or new trust relationships and, and so on and so forth. So there's, uh, it, it, it's definitely a, uh, an integral part of the strategy and, and a natural leverage point where you can look and see not only which systems are exposed, but a system that it has exposures, that has vulnerabilities, that is also a system that a domain administrator, uh, a system administrator comes in from, um, could be could be uh, could be prioritized, could be a higher, uh, a shorter attack path, if you will. And so those are the types of insights that we can help our customers with, and and we're really excited. There's a a, uh, a significant need and a real shortage of, of capability to help enterprises secure AD, and we're excited about the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Andrew Nowinski with DA Davidson. Please proceed with your question. All right, thanks. Uh, congrats on a nice quarter. Uh, so I've got a uh, just a question on competition and then a uh, follow-up. So we, we did notice an uptick in Rapid7 displacements uh, this quarter in our channel survey, uh, which seems to align with your comments on the performance of the mid-market business. So I'm wondering if you could just 
give us any more color on that competitive landscape and if you're seeing any sort of shift in win rates in the, with regard to the competition? Uh, well, as you pointed out, you know, we, we called out uh, a strong performance, our strong performance in the, uh, in the uh, uh, commercial market. Um, we didn't see any notable change. Uh, you know, we, we believe we've, we've always uh, competed favorably uh, with both Rapid7 and Qualys and, and, you know, continue to do so. So there was no real notable change, if you will, but we did see an uptick in, uh, in, in the, uh, in sales in the commercial market, uh, this quarter. And, and, you know, part of it, I think, in, in part due to, uh, SolarWinds response and, and, um, and, and sort of recognition of need, which, and perhaps underspending during the, uh, the pandemic. Okay, got it. And then maybe a question for Steve. You know, you had very consistent, um, or, or very, yeah, very consistent growth in your uh, current quarter billings, and it was very consistent with revenue growth. I, I'm, I would say, you know, if, if you look ahead to Q2, Q3, and Q4, you've got relatively easy comps for the remainder of the year. So, what are you factoring into your guidance for the full year uh, that implies that CCB growth will not remain, you know, at or above this 20% level you just generated in Q1? Hi, uh, I think it's hard to comment beyond the guidance that you know, that, that we currently gave. But what I will say is, if you look at uh, you know like rev, revenue, uh, we're flowing through a beaten Q1, we're flowing through a raise, and obviously the contribution from Allsted. So the midpoint of our previously provided range on a full year basis was like you know 512 million, and today it's like 522. Again, at the midpoint, that's over. You know, a $10 million raise. And while we don't go, guide the CCB uh, on a quarter-to-quarter basis, if you look at the full year, you know, it, it's a similar story. Uh, midpoint of the guided range was 570. Uh, today, the midpoint is 580. The flex, you know, beat and a raise in Q1 and then uh, relative to our expectations and then obviously the contribution from all said. So uh, pleased to see both revenue and CCB growth growing at 20%. Um, it's early in the year. Uh, uh, we're encouraged with what we see, and uh, activity levels remain hot, healthy, and our, our expectations and confidence in the business uh, continues to grow as a result. Okay, fair enough. Thanks. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you would like to remove your question, press star 2. Our next question comes from Saket Kalia with Barclays. Please proceed with your question. Okay, great. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my questions and for having me on the call here. Um, I mean, maybe maybe first for you, uh, maybe just a little bit of a different angle. I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the partnerships you announced this quarter, per, particularly with Big Fix. And, and I'm wondering, you know, how, how do you feel that, that that partnership could help Tenable competitively, and do you feel like, especially, you know, Big Fix is sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, presence in the endpoint management space, do you feel like customers were pulling you that way in terms of working uh, with, with an endpoint tool, or just talk a little bit about what sort of drove that and how you feel like it kind of helps Tenable competitively? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great question. It's a natural progression for us. Uh, you know, we've, 
our, our focus has always been on providing the visibility and, and, and the accuracy, uh, and then, you know, with, with broader asset types and, and improved analytics so that it's not just, you know, visibility and accuracy, but it's, it's helping people to prioritize what, uh, what these exposures look, mean to them from a risk perspective and, and what are the actions they can take to be most impactful. So the, the, the natural progression for that, from there is to, is to help them take the, the, those actions. And, and so from our perspective, uh, we remain laser focused on on being a best of breed provider, and and as part of that, working well in the enterprise means through open APIs and open integrations, working with uh, other uh, best of breed technologies and other technologies which enterprises have already deployed to to accomplish their systems management function. And and so, in the enterprise, uh, Big Fix is a uh, you know, uh, tried and true and, and preferred uh, systems management tool, and and so integrating and automating uh, that workflow with BigFix uh, can can help make our customers' lives easier, and uh, and you know it, it sort of aligns with what we've been doing with SSCM and and other other uh, other uh, configuration management technologies. So we, we think it's a it's a natural progression and. Uh, definitely can help drive value for our customers. Got it. Very helpful. Steve, maybe for my follow-up for you, and, and you've touched on, on Luma a couple times in, in the prepare comments and, and Q&A, but I was wondering if you could just dig in a little bit more, whether that's through the lens of an attach rate or just sort of, you know, uh, any sense of size in, in terms of CCB contribution, anything you could talk about Lumen and sort of how it's, how it's become, uh, you know, uh, a bigger part of the business potentially. Uh, yes, um, attach rates continue to grow with Lumen. Obviously, there's seasonal patterns to our business, um, but our expectation directionally over the course of time is that Lumen attach rates. And I, and I, and I want to be careful about my comments because Lumen is a big part of the value prop for our exposure platform, EP. And probably going forward, um, you know, a lot of what we sell in Lumen will come more likely through the exposure platform. But we expect attach rates to continue to climb. We don't provide disclosures for individual products. We, we, we have a lot, everything from OT to Lumen to WAS and containers. Uh, but we do talk about cross-sell more broadly, strong in Q4, off to a really good start in Q1, ticked up the net dollar renewal rate in, 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 uh, on an LPM basis in Q1. And, um, and Lumen's, you know, a big part of the offering here. So um, happy to continue to provide, you know, more updates on, our cross-sell efforts and, and, and the momentum around exposure platform uh, throughout the rest of the year. Very helpful. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Our next question comes from Joshua Tilton with Barenberg Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for taking my question. Um, for my first one, I kind of just wanted to touch on the billing guidance from a different perspective. So you mentioned that in Q1 you started to see signs of a better demand environment relative to last year. If this continues throughout the year, how much of this improving demand environment is baked into the full-year guidance? Hi, Josh. Uh, this is Steve. So, you know, I want to be, you know, clear, and, you know, and, and revenue is probably the, the, the best way to see this. But we, we guided to 510 
to 515 on the last call. Our guidance today is 520, 524. At the high end of the guide range, that's 19%, and even at the midpoint. What the revenue reflects, as well as the higher CCB guide, because they're both similar, reflects the beaten Q1, reflects a raise, and reflects the contribution from all said. I think it's fair to say that the raise is probably more modest relative to, to the beat, but it certainly is a raise, and it reflects our increasing confidence in the business. It reflects the incremental contributions from all said, and obviously the, uh, the beat uh, in, in the first quarter out of the gate. And, and if I could just follow up real quick, um, when I think about it from the customer perspective, what is the benefit of adopting EP versus adopting these offerings as a standalone solution? Is there a pricing benefit, or is it like an integration, single pane of glass type benefit? Any color there would be helpful. Thanks. Yeah, in its simplest form, there's pricing benefit. Uh, there's license benefit in that you can allocate license. The, the license are uh, uh, malleable between products and platforms. So as your environment changes, it becomes easy to scale up, scale down, shift asset types. Uh, from from here to there, uh, and increasingly also the analytics in the platform itself. So, uh, as I you know called out examples earlier, leveraging the insight of identity when looking at exposures on systems uh, and and uh, items like that, or identifying uh, web app services on a host when assessing the host, and then being able to kick off and automate uh, a web app, uh, web application security assessment, a web app application specific security assessment uh, in addition to assessing the, the host. So there's, there's natural uh, points of, of leverage between the products that, uh, that we'll be taking advantage of in the, in the TumbleDP uh, uh, platform. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the quarter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Brad Leeback with Stiefel. Please proceed with your question. Uh, great. Thanks very much. Given the 60% uh, price uplift with Tenable EP, can you give us a sense of what type of tailwind we should get in that dollar expansion rate as the product gains momentum? Hi, Brad. You know, I, I think it's difficult to predict the impact it will have on that dollar expansion rate. And one of the reasons why is because you know, first, we don't optimize the business for a single metric. Pipelines can vary from quarter to quarter as the mix between new opportunities and upsell opportunities can, can, can vary. Um, we do believe, though, that EP is going to be a far more compelling way for us to sell the broader product suite into a larger customer base that continues to struggle with uh, understanding their risk, um, you know, in, in, in a heightened threat environment, in a zero-trust environment. So uh, for us, it's a natural evolution of our product strategy and go-to-market. And keep in mind, you know, years ago, we had a handful of customers spending in excess of 100 grand. We've made tremendous progress over the years. Today, we have over 800. That's up 30% year-over-year. So we're doing more enterprise deals, more larger deals in the way we go to market and sell that um, and uh, as part of a broader offering uh, we think is really important. And EP is the first step out of the gate. 
you know, expect us to continue to evolve our thinking and our efforts there because, um, you know, we're, 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 we have, we've made good progress over the years and we, we think uh, our, our best days are still ahead, uh, you know, given the innovation that we brought to market over, over the past, uh, you know, couple of quarters and couple of years on the product side. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Our last question comes from Gray Powell with BTIG. Please proceed with your question. Okay, great. Uh, congratulations on the quarter, and uh, thanks for taking the question. Um, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, I, I know you don't want to give an exact number, but I just would be curious. Um, you, you know, roughly speaking, what's the mix of new business that's being driven by Tenable IO versus SC? And then I think you hinted at it, um, or I think you said it in the prepared remarks, but how should we think about the net expansion rates for customers on, on IO versus SC? And, and, ju and just ballpark, how, how much of upside is there for customers that are on IO? Well, in terms of mix of business, also, you know, as a reminder, we launched Tenable IO in 2017, and we said, you know, uh, you know, in the year following, our expectation is that IO would, you know, would, uh, would represent a majority of our, our new enterprise sales. I think it's very fair to say that we're pleased with the progress we've made over that time. Uh, certainly the pandemic and the shift to home has uh, created heightened demand for, 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 for cloud, greater demand for IO. Um, and uh, so uh, in Q1, we saw a, a record level of, uh, of, of new business coming from, from IO. And that's no surprise just given some – some of the secular trends and that, you know, that we're seeing play out in the market. So I, IO is, is doing well and is exceeding our expectations. It's a preposition to selling other products, you know, that we've talked about specifically in EP, you know, with regard to WAS and container security and, and of course, Lumen. But, you know, SC is a very important part of what we do. And if you look at most customers' compute environments, you know, they're not 100% on-prem, they're not 100% cloud, they're hybrid you know, we're one of the uh, few companies and only companies in, in the VM space that addresses, you know, both via, you know, cloud and on-prem um, and uh, uh, and both traditional and, and, and modern assets. So, so both are really important to us um, and, and both come, uh, have, you know, have the ability for us to pull through other products in connection with it. And with regard to, to, to cross-sell and net dollar expansion rate, as we mentioned here last year, uh, it did, uh, moderate a little bit because of the pandemic. Um, but what we're seeing in Q4 and even in Q1 is very encouraging um, as it continues to uh, see an uptick in the right direction, and, and we're very pleased with our cross-sell efforts. Uh, this will be a continued area of focus for us, but not to go unnoticed here is our ability to add new customers, uh, right? And so we added a, a lot of new customers this quarter, a lot of larger deals, that's really important. So, so going forward, both are going to be important, both levers. And we have to go to market model and the install base to, to do it, both transact new business and land new customers as well as uh, sell more into, into the account base. And we're super excited about uh, AD here, um, you know, having closed it uh, here yesterday and announcing it here today. Uh, it's going to be an important part of what we do, and uh, it will be another uh, uh, way for us to drive deeper penetration into, into our enterprise customers. Got it. Okay. Thank you very much.
This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation. Have a wonderful evening.